Hello and welcome to another episode on Football Talk Podcast. My name is Ozzy and I'm your host for today's show. After another long match week, um, there were a couple of fixtures involving Liverpool and Man City. Liverpool managed to get two wins out of two, the same scoreline each time. City, on the other hand, beat Brentford midweek, but drew to Chelsea over the weekend, which was a huge surprise. So let's begin and discuss all the fixtures. We'll start with Brentford versus Liverpool. Yeah, big, big result for Liverpool there. Um, another midday kickoff for the Reds, which we all know um, is not is Klopp's uh, favourite time slot. But we haven't done too bad this season. In fact, we've not lost uh, in a midday fixture all season. So in terms of the team performance, it wasn't vintage Liverpool, but it was a professional performance where we were very clinical in front of goal. But the performance was clouded by the injuries that Liverpool suffered. Curtis Jones... Left the pitch with an ankle injury. Chota took a huge knock on his knee um, from Norgar's challenge. Uh, he could be ruled out for the remainder of the season. And Darwin Nunes was taken at, off at half-time with a muscle injury. And speaking of Darwin Nunes, um, he scored a fantastic goal. Um, chipping the goalkeeper with pure finesse. Great assist from Jota over header. We probably made it look easy than it really was. Salah came off the bench just before halftime to replace the injured Jota and he played like he hasn't missed a step with a goal and assist. The king is back. His assist for McAllister's goal was sublime and nice finish from the Argentine midfielder. Playing a bit more further up in midfield so I'm sure he'll certainly add goals to his games. Salah gets on the score sheet himself uh, going through on goal. Shoulder barging, bend me to the ground and hitting the back of the net with a clinical finish. Ivan Tony gets a consolation goal late in the game. Gakko responds with a finish to end the game 4-1. So a great victory for Liverpool. Three points on the board, but the fixtures don't end there as Liverpool also face Luton Town in this double match week. And this match took place yesterday. Same scoreline, 4-1 to Liverpool. Another great win. Um, the number four seems to be the magic number right now as we're going for the quadruple. Um, but the game didn't start well in terms of the scoreline. Uh, Luton Town surprised everyone with the opening goal. It pretty much came out of nowhere. Poor goalkeeping from Kelleher. You should have done better, in my opinion. Can't really get beaten in the near post. And Ogbene heads the ball into the back of the net to score for Luton Town. Liverpool showed urgency to equalise just before half-time, but just didn't have the killer instinct in front of goal. But in the second half, I'm not sure what Klopp said to the players, but whatever it was, it worked. And it was a completely different team that turned out. And speaking of number four, our captain Virgil van Dijk gets the equaliser with a bullet header. Then before you could put your drink down, Liverpool get the second. Great throw-in from Conor Bradley to McAllister, who hooks the ball into the six-yard box and Gakpo heads it in with power into the back of the net. And that didn't stop there. We managed to get the third goal through Luis Diaz, who was a menace throughout the whole game. Great pressing from Robertson to claim the ball off Luton Town. Diaz gets the loose ball and hits a clean finish with his left foot. Our star boy Harvey Elliott gets on the score sheet himself as Jalen Dans, who made his professional debut last night, hits a lovely pass towards Gakpo. His pass is blocked by the defence and the ball is left loose on the edge of the box with no one grabbing onto it. So it's Harvey Elliott that reacts first and smashes the ball into the corner to make it 4-1. 
and topped off another great performance. That victory puts Liverpool four points clear from the top. Yes, we've got an extra game in hand due to the fact that we're playing this weekend, but we've still got the edge from our rivals. But Arsenal fans, they would probably say, we've got bigger fish to fry this weekend as we have a cup final to look forward to Chelsea playing Liverpool uh, this Sunday. Now, before this losing game, I was a bit concerned with the number of injuries that we've suffered. It's pretty much close to double figures right now. But the way some of our squad players performed, and even the youngsters, the likes of Kwanzaa, Connor Bradley, Bobby Clark, McConnell and Jalen Dans, they did a fantastic job. So it brings me with some confidence going into this game. Big talking point will be with regards to Nunes and Salah. Are they available for this fixture? As they weren't even selected in the squad. I'll discuss this and the game in general. Um, I'll be doing a match preview after the show with my special guest, Double D. Next fixture. Man City versus Chelsea. Now, this was definitely the result of the week and a huge surprise as City dropped points against Chelsea. But looking at the game, you'd argue to say that Chelsea missed an opportunity to grab all three points as they had plenty of clear chances to extend the lead. But on the other hand, so did City, who were very wasteful in front of goal, especially Erling Haaland, who missed a number of chances in the game. The goal uh, for Chelsea came from a counter-attack Lovely back heel from Nicholas Jackson to Palmer, who hits a through ball to Jackson again. He then hits a great pass across the box. And it's the City old boy Raheem Sterling cutting in and hitting a curling shot into the corner. Good finish from Sterling, who hasn't been very clinical in front of goal this season. So I'm sure that goal brought him some satisfaction there. But City found a crucial equaliser in the 83rd minute through Rodri, who smashes the back of the net with a strike. He's such a clutch player. For a CDM, he's always able to produce these kind of moments and scoring goals at vital times. You can tell that he's such an invaluable member of that team and it only enhances his reputation as one of the best DMs in world football. That draw gives Liverpool an advantage, but like their rival, Man City also had a double fixture in match week 25 as they faced Brentford midweek. And these two teams actually faced each other not so long ago in fact, it was a couple of weeks ago in the league where City won 3-1 at the GTEC Community Stadium. This fixture, they won 1-0. It was a lot tougher than um, they probably had expected. Brentford had moments in the game as Oyenka and Tony going the closest to opening the scoreline for Brentford. But it was Hurling Haaland who made a trip. You know, I'm sure a lot of us FPL managers made him triple captain. Um, I believe it was 1.5 million people that did that. Um, and he hits the back of the net. Brentford's IS slips to the ground and paves the way for Haaland to go through on goal with no huge pressure. He's one-on-one the keeper and you know there's only one outcome. That secured a win for the citizens and have now played the game in hand. So due to dropping points against Chelsea, they're unable to jump above Liverpool in the league as they're now second. One point away from the top. So the game between Liverpool versus City is in less than three weeks on March the 10th. And that will be a huge game and pivotal in who could go on to win the league in my opinion a win for either team in this fixture will present a huge psychological advantage next fixture Burnley versus Arsenal another impressive performance from the Gunners last week it was six against West Ham this week it's five and they're playing with some real confidence the first goal what a strike from Odegaard lovely finish and great play from Martinelli on the wings Sacco makes it 2-0 from the penalty spot the third goal, lovely strike from Saka with his right foot this time. 
thumped it in the roof of the net. Trossard gets on the score sheet himself with a nice left-footed finish. Kai Havertz probably scored the goal of the of the game as he runs down the left left-hand side, cuts in, and finishes with his right foot. Now I'm seeing a lot of Arsenal fans showing a lot of support for Havertz now, saying they've always believed in him, uh, which is quite funny because I know for a fact there weren't many that believed in him at all. Uh, I'm still not convinced as a neutral, um, if I'm being brutally honest, but at least he's winning some of the Arsenal fans, so fair, fair play to him. This was a great result, but then they lost to Porto in the Champions League. Now, how can you lose to Porto? Liverpool would face them every year in the Champions League and we flashed them 4-0, 5-0. It's not easy. But back to the Premier League. Arsenal are third in the league now, five points away from the top. The race continues. I still feel like many believe it's between City and Arsenal and have kind of overlooked Liverpool as a potential title winners. But it's okay. I'm sure we'll have the last laugh. Next fixture, Tottenham versus Wolves. Now, this game in the 2-1. Definitely a surprise result, as many would have expected Spurs to win at home. But fair play to Wolves, who stepped up, and it wasn't even the attackers that got in the score sheet. It was their defensive midfielder, Joe Gomez, scoring the brace. The first goal, what a leap from Joe Gomez. Uh, the goal uh, itself was a great cross, and you just see Gomez just jump in the air. It looked like he was flying at one point, and hits a pinpoint header into the corner. What a finish it was. Spurs equalised with a fantastic finish from Kulusevski on the right-hand side. And then Jao Gomez gets the second and the winner for Wolves. Great run from Pedro Neto on the right-hand side. He's been amazing this season. Now, a player that's always been linked to other clubs, I can actually see him moving in the summer. I feel like his stock has risen this year. The only question mark is his injury record. But I feel like someone probably in the Premier League will take that gamble. Spurs have dropped to fifth now. And they've got Manchester United breathing behind their necks. And speaking of Manchester United, they managed to notch up another win. And that's four in a row now. Hoyland opens the score sheet. Great finish from him. Um, six goals in a row for, for the striker. Mistake from Luton um, as Hoyland drives towards goal and finishes clinically with his left foot. Then he makes it 2-0 with a clever finish as he pretty much chests it down from Garnacho's shot into the back of the net. That's seven goals on the bounce, including the second goal. He's really picked up form and he's showing his true potential right now. Losing Town get a consolation goal through Morris with a header. Now, Losing Town will feel slightly disappointed for not getting the point at least, as they showed a good account of themselves. And Ross Barkley was very close to scoring in the latter stages with a header, but it wasn't to be. Also, another big point was the incident between Casemiro and Barkley, United should have been should have had a red card. Um, that was a sending off all day long. But hey, you had the Manchester United fan and referee David Coote in the middle of the park. So he seemed to ignore that one or didn't see it apparently. Surprise, surprise. But United have moved to six in the league now, five points away from fourth spot. So the race for fourth spot is heating up right now. And speaking of the team that's fourth, that's Aston Villa. They've managed to get the win and maintain their position in the league. Um, Ollie Watkins grabs the headlines after scoring the brace with two great finishes. Muniz gets the consolation goal for Fulham. Now, he looks impressive to me. A proper poacher in front of goal. I was impressed with his performance last week where he scored a brace and he's doing fantastically well with um, Jimenez being absent right now. 
Villa face Nottingham Forest on Saturday at home. So another important game to hold off any team trying to take their spot in the league. Next fixture, we've got Newcastle versus Bournemouth, which ended 2-2. Newcastle managed to get a valuable draw in the end. The first goal, a costly slip for Dubravka uh, with Solanke capitalising and hitting the back of the net. Then Newcastle were awarded a penalty and Fabian Charles' shirt was pulled. My opinion is a bit of a soft one, but hey, the rules are the rules. Uh, Gordon steps up and hits the bottom corner from the penalty spot. So Menyo gets born with the lead with a fantastic strike from the right-hand side, hits it with pure venom. He's been missed in the last few weeks as he was participating in AFCON. And Matt Ritchie gets the crucial equaliser for Newcastle from point-blank range, his first goal in four years. So a big celebration for him. Next fixture, Nottingham Forest versus West Ham now. West Ham weren't able to make things right and go back to winning ways after a huge defeat against Arsenal last week. The winning goal came from Wanui. What a finish it was. Great first touch and a lovely left-footed finish. Calvin Phillips not having the best of times right now. He was sent off with a second yellow. Hudson Odoi scores from close range to make it 2-0 for Forest. A good win for Nottingham Forest as it gives them a bit of breathing space uh, towards that relegation zone. They're now 16th with 24 points. Speaking of the relegation zone, Sheffield United got absolutely demolished once again and this time it was in the hands of Brighton. Holgate was sent off early on in the game with a horrific tackle on Mitoma and rightly so. He's an awful footballer, if you ask me. Blades are down to 10 men and it went downhill from there. Buonate uh, scores the first goal with a header. Took a moment to realise if that goal had counted because the players weren't sure if it went across the line. But they, fa- they found out and they celebrated in style. Welbeck smashes it to make it 2-0. An own goal from Robinson to make it 3-0 for Brighton. Adingra makes it 4-0 with a great finish. He comes back with a bang after winning AFCON uh, with Ivory Coast. And then he follows up with a second goal. Um, had a huge deflection, but hey, I don't think he cares. 5-0 to uh, Brighton, a great victory for the Seagulls, and that moves them up to seventh in the league. And the final fixture, Everton versus Crystal Palace, which ended 1-1. Now, before we talk about the game, unfortunately, Roy Hodgson was taken uh, to hospital during a training session. So first thing first, I hope he makes a quick recovery. And unfortunately, he's now stepped down as manager and has left the club on his own terms rather than being sacked because there was a lot of pressure uh, with Crystal Palace not doing so well. Palace have now appointed Frankfurt's Oliver Klasner, um, which is an interesting appointment. I'm intrigued to see how he does at the club. But before he can put his imprint onto the team, he needs to ensure that Palace secure Premier League status as they are currently in a relegation battle now. In regards to the game, an evenly contested fixture, Jordan Ayew opens the scoreline with a fantastic strike into the corner, but Onana levels it for Everton with a header late in the game. That point has taken Everton out of the relegation zone now, but only on goal difference. So that's my Match Week 25 review. Just got a couple of comments here. First comment from Madison. Thank you, Madison, for your comment. Thank you for tuning in. Should the jury still be out for Poch? Yeah, I'd say so. Um, that club is is a bit of a mess, to say the least. It's a funny one because they show moments where 
you feel like, oh, maybe, you know, they're about to springboard and continue on some good form and they kind of fall back um, into the next fixture. So this, the performance against Man City tactically was the right approach. Um, but in terms of the team, I don't know. It's just, it's a team that lacks leaders. It's a quite a young team. So I can't really put blame on Poch in terms of their current sort of position or the way they're playing because he's not really recruiting the players. It's coming from someone higher up um, who's playing career mode right now and just buys any player or any hidden gem that they feel like. And yeah, just put, brings him back to the club. They either play for Chelsea straight away or they get sent out on loan to their parent, to the, another club, which is Strasbourg, uh, one of the clubs that is under their ownership. So, so no, I think with Poch, I think they should stick with him personally. I, I do rate him as a coach. But, you know, I wouldn't solely blame the performance of this team down to the manager alone. I think the players have to take some responsibility. So the likes of Sterling, who for me hasn't really lived up to it. Um, we know what he's capable of. We've seen it over the years. And he hasn't really shown that form in the Chelsea shirt. Uh, you've got some bright sparks in the team. You've got Cole Palmer, who's done really well. Um, they lack firepower. So that's something they will need to address in the summer. Nicholas Jackson just looks like he's a raw player. So he's not someone that I feel like was tailor-made to start that lineup week in, week out. But unfortunately, due to Nkunku's injury, um, he's probably been shifted in more so than he probably would have expected. So, yeah, so they've got some, you know, I would say recruiting to do, but, you know, they sign like 20-odd players every window. So how much more recruitment do you want? But, but no, they've got the ingredients to be a good team. I feel like with managers, you just got to give them time. Uh, if they dismiss him, who do they get? I know right now the flavour of the month is Xabi Alonso, who obviously Liverpool are strongly linked with. Uh, Bayern Munich are also linked with him now. Chelsea are lingering. So they might want to find someone better, in their opinion. But I feel like the way that structure of the club is, is not in place for someone that wants to manage a club. It's pretty much just for first team coach is coach the players and not really have too much involvement in recruitment so in this day and age that doesn't really work as much uh, I know a lot of clubs do have sporting directors but the manager normally has an input for Chelsea I don't think that's the case I might be wrong but with Poch I think should stick with him but hey you never know Chelsea uh, <laughs> love to fire their managers left right and centre they've also recently been linked with Jose Mourinho some fans are with it some aren't so yeah, we'll see how it goes in the coming weeks. And then I've just got another comment here from Daz. Um, big up, Daz. He says, big up, Ozzy. Do you know any Chelsea fans for Jamie? I was thinking of Hanno. No, unfortunately not. In terms of content creators, no. Not, no one that I know personally, unfortunately. So, yeah. Um, probably reach out to some other Liverpool content creators. That might be helpful. But from, from, uh, from my side, no. Unfortunately, I don't know any Chelsea content creators there. Um, so yeah, before we wrap up, we will do, um, well, we will, I will announce the FPL manager of the week. Now, I thought I had a decent week until I saw some of those points that quite a few managers gathered in the F, in our FPL league. Um, there were quite a few managers that had over 100 points, which was crazy. I guess being a double match week, that was going to happen, but yeah, definitely took me by surprise. And this week, uh, the manager 
FPL manager of the week is Anas Patla Abubakar, and his team is called FPL Docker, and he managed to gain 115 points, which is absolutely crazy. He was one of the 1.5 million FPL managers that made Harlan triple captain, so that definitely helped with his final tally. So well done to Anas, who's moved up to seventh in the league now. I've got seven, 70 points and four. I had a decent score until I reviewed the league earlier today. How wrong was I? I've actually dropped to 48th um, in the FPL. I've also got quite a few injuries, so I need to do some wheeling and dealing. I may go for a free hit this week as well. But hey, let's see how it goes for, for me in terms of the next match week. And that concludes the show for today. So thank you to everyone for tuning in. Uh, thank you to Daz and Madison for the comments. Just got a couple more comments here. Um, from the Liverpool 12th man, who says big up to Daz. And of course, big up to Aussie. Appreciate 12th man as always. Thank you for tuning in. And yes, um, if you haven't already, please don't forget to like, comment, share, and subscribe to the channel. The next show will literally be in seven minutes as I do a match preview of Liverpool versus Chelsea in the Carabao Cup final. I'll be joined by a special guest in the name of Double D. So hey, you've got a few minutes to grab yourself a drink, get some snacks. It'll be a great show. So as always, guys, take care, stay safe, and I hope to see you guys very, very shortly. Goodbye.